Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad, here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, doing good, Shad. I'm doing good. So, we're going to get our shout-outs taken care of right here at the beginning. The first one is going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital C in Corners, capital P in Podcast, to save 10% off your order. Uh, the other shout I'm going to have for you is uh, East Kentucky is trying to rebuild after the big flood. If you would like to uh, participate in one way or another, if you want to donate directly, I'm going to say go to appleshop.org, A-P-P-A-L-S-H-O-P.org for... Basically, they're going to direct you to who the good people to donate to are. If you want to purchase something for flood relief, then I'm going to tell you start with Appalachian Apparel. They raised a boatload of money, and they're distributing it directly to the people that need it. Also, New Frontier and Hill and Holler Apparel are uh, using proceeds from sales to help rebuild. Our other shout-out goes to Matt. Uh, that would be to the man who is a true locker room leader, who no one has an issue with I've ever heard of. <laughs> um, that would be Orlando Cologne. Orlando Cologne, a great man, doesn't have a bad word to say about people, cares about workers' rights. <laughs> the Orlando Cologne. So, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, we were going to do Kingdom Come, but then some... Um... A noted jackass had to be himself. Boy, you know, weekend. this this last weekend has been one of the longest months in wrestling that I can think of. Because we, we kind of kept our mouths shut when the initial thing happened because we kind of felt we were a little too biased to not just go at CM Punk. But I think he proved why. I think he proved honestly why I don't like him. And, well, I, I would say I actually hate him now um because he's ruined AEW for me with his general so, behavior but also i i think we all kind of grinned and bear it and gave him a chance and i think he proved us all right to why we don't like him so i uh, i uh I, I don't i don't feel like it's ruined my appreciation of AEW or but i understand where you're coming from and i i may try tonight to kind of take, I'll try to interject like the uh, the devil's advocate point of view here, but I think we largely are all in agreement that we're not really a fan of CM Punk. Um, I, I when he came back, I gave him like a 
I was willing to give him like another chance, and it was exciting because he's back and wrestling and everything. But that kind of all went downhill like in a, within last year, huh? <laughs> like pretty badly. So if and I don't know how, but if you listen to our podcast and you're unfamiliar of what's happened. This past weekend, on Sunday night, was AEW uh, All Out. And the main event, John Moxley versus CM Punk. And the, the main ends with Punk winning in Chicago. And the only reason I'm bringing this part up is because I believe it's relevant for the next piece. Then MJF makes his return. As the masked guy who acquired the um, the uh, casino ladder match poker chip for a shot at the title, MJF reveals his return and gets massive cheers for it. Like people are freaking out over it. Punk standing in the ring in Chicago, having just won the world title. Right after they had their customary AEW post pay per view media scrum in which CM Punk decides he's going to go into business for himself. Like he's done before. And this one was beyond the pale. And let's let's point out that he did this, and he is quite possibly the most thin-skinned little bitch in wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even remember what the question they asked to start off was, but someone asked him a question. He goes, by the way, I hate Scott Colton. He's a punk. He, you know, and I'm just like, He's, everyone's like, sir, this is a Wendy's. Yes, exactly. And it, it got worse from there. Go ahead. Do, do we want to, do we want to, uh, Chad, do you want to like finish the whole thing or do you want to um, give the background of what led to this? Well, let me, briefly, let me we can, we can finish talk about what it I'm on and then yeah. I'll, I'll roll back to it. Yeah. So he starts talking about how... He hasn't been friends with Scott Colton for 10 years and hates him. And, oh, by the way, Scott Colton shares a bank account with his mom. It's like, wow, you were trying for a low blow there. Um, and then he said, he says, I, I'm not going to quote it verbatim because I could only sit through it once. But he calls out Hangman Page for not wanting to listen after knowing, knowing full well that Hangman is not in the building. And then he says the other executive vice presidents aren't fit to manage a target. Then he says, I'm always in the hallway. If you have a problem, come talk to me directly. Now, supposedly, this whole thing stems out of the build to the first match, the first Hangman Page CM Punk match where Hangman used the line, I'm here, I'm going to protect AEW from you. And Punk decided that that was a slight that had to be answered. Now, let's also, and to go into this further, is no one really thought much of it at the time. I thought it was odd, but, you know, yeah, that, you're, you're building to a main event between yeah. CM Punk and Hangman Page. You're, they're, sure, there's, they're going to be barbing each other. And there's some and, contextual things where it made sense, I thought. And also... Hangman Page is the baby face in this feud, and Punk is presenting himself as the face. So, of course, Hangman Page is going to hit him a little bit, because we're doing this blurred lines kind of thing. Well, I, I would actually argue that that feud sucked, mostly because Punk wouldn't play heel. There, There is a... Uh, 
that's yeah, he, that's right. Like he obviously did not want to turn heel. Um, he he couldn't even do like the tweener heel type of thing, where I mean other workers have done that. But yeah. the thing about this is that it there's people who put it, have put out like supercuts in the last like hour, uh, last day, mm-hmm. where they have basically spliced together. Um, like a lot of all the promos from from the people who've been fused with CM Punk this year and or last calendar year at least and it's like every single feud from like from Eddie Kingston to MJF to Adam Page to Moxley all of them all of them have said some variation of like no one wants you here you're only in this for yourself you're an asshole like you know what's funny is people have referenced um worked shooty interviews where triple h Mm -hmm. and cena said the same thing about him yeah if you go back even longer like past like pre far pre aew both cena and and triple h basically did that same type of promo where it's like you only care about yourself you're only happy when you're on top you don't care about anyone you come out here and you you present to the fans that you are the voice of the voiceless and everything like that and all you really care about is you that's been going on for like a decade yeah and and what I think is dumb about this situation is is that we're going to get into some more of his like delusions of like where his place in wrestling is, uh, but they said part of the thing he was upset about too is the fans had kind of turned on him a little bit in Chicago, mm-hmm. and um, but he's blaming other people for that. And my argument is no one really thought any of that stuff, but what really set that shit off is when he went into business for himself. That's, in a promo right before that, the Moxley, the first that, Moxley match. Yeah. Look, that's that's what really seemed to have, like, started the snowball running down the hill. And and there's stuff that we may not know. Like, then behind the scenes, there may have been a lot of stuff or grumbling. But it seems to really have gone kind of, like, become into the public consciousness of something going off when he... He had the feud with Hangman. He got pissed off at that promo with the Hangman did, even though uh, you wouldn't necessarily know anything about it, like unless you really knew what was going on. Which not even like people like Dave Meltzer like knew. They they noted that like this is a weird, you know, promo. Uh, you know, because and they may have heard stuff where it's like, yeah, he's not Punk's not well liked behind the scenes, but that it is what it is. Like you don't know that stuff as a fan, even even if someone who like follows on the dirt sheets, like you wouldn't know. But then Punk had to go into business for himself and like that Moxley stuff. Instead of attacking Moxley, it's like that's the dude you're actually in a feud with for the title. You talk, start talking about Hangman Page, who's like, not on, in there that night. He's not in. Yes, and and that's a that's kind of a theme, isn't it? Because he mm. knew that that Page wasn't there or wasn't gonna come out. Well, we've seen uh, him. We've seen him fight, so we know. I don't know what kind of fighter Adam Page is, but I'm pretty sure he'd beat Punk's ass pretty. He, Adam Page isn't like six foot five, two hundred and eighty pounds, like raw bone, but he looks like he's he's a country boy from like down in the country, Virginia. I think he'd probably handle himself. Well, I mean, and we know from what happened later that I wouldn't call the the Bucks like your scrappy fighter types and it sounds like he didn't handle them very well either so well that let me finish really quickly uh he punk like did that for page uh back in the moxley yeah and i would argue where he went wrong there and why he should blame himself is 
I don't think you have to even be like an insider or someone that cares about the backstage stuff. I think a casual viewer would have been like, whoa, that was kind of a bitch move. Mm-hmm. They would be like, why is he calling out Adam Page? Like, is Adam Page not part of this feud? Is, that, is Adam Page yeah. going to be like his next feud? It was very weird. And then he, when he had the press conference, like after All Out uh, Sunday, he starts going off on Adam Page too. And it's like, you mm-hmm. again are bringing up this guy. And from stories that have come out after the fact – it's like Adam Page wasn't even at the building. Like he had, he wasn't part of the press conference. Yeah, so he's uh, gone. So he's gone. Uh, so that's the second time now in a row he's like bitching out Adam Cole. Uh, sorry, Adam Cole. Adam Page, and he either knows or should know that Adam Page is not there to actually yeah. respond to that. And true to his fact, like I will say this about Adam Page, like however you think about him, he seems like he's probably like a genuinely nice guy and and well liked. But he didn't, like, just start going off on Punk, like, the next day on Twitter after all this, like, some of the dust had gone up. He was just, like, tweeted out, like, oh, happy Labor Day, everyone, which is kind of like a subtle uh, callback to his workers' rights promo that set Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff off. But I thought it was very clever and funny. So it's – there's a few things about this that just – just from where we are so far, it bugged the hell out of me. Number one – CM Punk, after he got hurt, sat at home for three months and apparently stewed on how dare Adam Hangman Page hit him with a line like that. Well, let's, like, let's point out he missed three months because of his own stupidity. Yeah. But he sat home and did that, and when he comes back, and it, it's it was the bitchiest way to call someone out. He says, oh, where's Hangman Page? Oh, well, that's not cowboy shit. That's coward shit. It's like, dude, you, you're calling someone a coward who's not even in the building. That's um, but he's mad about a line he got hit with in a promo where he was standing in the ring with a live mic and didn't say anything. That's because he's that's because sorry, the language. I thought he was the best in the world when it came to cutting promos, but he he couldn't come back from that. He is a little cunty bitch that can't handle anything because he is an emotionally stunted fucking child. Like, I can't believe that he is around my age. And he is still acting the same way he is when Teddy Hart kicked his ass. Well, there's a a lot to get into about that because it's like – I think based on like a long time ago, like the WWE produced CM Punk documentary. If you all remember that or watched that, that's from like a decade ago. I watched it. I watched it actually with friend of the show, Christy Petrillo, when I was uh, up in Rhode Island visiting him. And – I appreciated Punk as a wrestler. I didn't really know a lot about him personally, uh, but apparently, like he had, he had like issues with bad family life and everything growing up. And you can you can feel for that. You can have sympathy for that. Yeah, but I know but, I know people that aren't fucking absolute sociopaths that well, have had thing. bad family life. And I, I probably I'm probably related to people that when they grew up had a worse family life than he did. Well, I mean, I, I I know people. I have people in my family who had difficult situations in their family life. And you, as you as you get older, uh, you can mature, or you can basically make a conscious decision that you can either let the things of your past define you, and and in some ways color your existence, color how you are to other people sometimes ruin relationships uh, and i've noticed I, I mean i family members that like they've it's ruined their relationship with spouses it's ruined their relationship with uh, children 
it's bad. So you can either let that define you or you can move on. And CM Punk doesn't seem like someone who has ever seen really let the, the things of his past go. And he seems like he's just the same person as he ever was. Well, and I just to point out the Teddy Hart fight was in 2003. Mm-hmm. Just to give you just to give you context, I think the three of us were still in college. And he's still acting the same fucking way. And we're in our 40s now. So there's there's a few things. But first of all, this is we are not taking up for Teddy Hart at all because Teddy Hart is he's not quite the walking felony that Alberto Del Rio is. <laughs> But no. well, no, he's pretty close. He's 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 we he needs a he's like the walking rap sheet. Like the guy is serious. He is God. He is actually. Just... I think if I remember correctly, Punk's the one that instigated and started the violence. And then pretty much what happened is he. I think he tried to sucker punch him, and Teddy Hart has some boxing experience, and then he proceeded to rock his world until Sabu broke it up. Now, the other thing about this that I want to get out while I'm trying to hang on to the thought is this whole thing starts and Punk starts going off about Colt Cabana. He's calling him by his real name, Scott Colton, but he's going off about Colt because he believes that the EVPs, the elite, leak stuff about him not wanting Colt to get you know his contract renewed. Okay. Just just let's assume there's no chicanery at play at all for a second. Colt's contract is ending. <clears throat> Punk is employed by the company. The Bucks go to TK, go to Tony Khan and say, you really need to renew this guy's contract because they're grateful for him teaching them about marketing themselves, surviving on the road, that sort of stuff. They had they have to talk him into it. Like that much of a story came out. It was, was a, the punk thing. Was the punk thing ever explicitly stated was, in that story, it was or was an it, inference? But you know, and I was just remembering something that people seem to forget. And this is, goes again to why punk's mad about it. But it's like maybe you should look at yourself and why people believe this. But remember, he commentated on that rampage, and and Cabana was in a match, and he just didn't talk the whole time. Yeah. In regards yeah. to Cabana, so it's like, dude, maybe, uh, maybe look at your. Again, I mean, this is a, this is a common theme with him, but maybe stop blaming others for your shitty behavior. Like, it's pretty obvious, and people, and it says something about your personality that people believe that. Yeah. That you. It's that. not an unreasonable conclusion to draw to go. Well, I wonder if Punk had something to do with that. Well, and yes, that's true. And here's where I will actually play devil's advocate. Because let's let's make an assumption. Let's take a hypothetical and just say Punk had absolutely zero to do with that. Mm-hmm. Let's say that that TK was much like with Alan Angels, uh, not really going to renew uh, the contract, or maybe yep. it was going to be a kind of a low ball off or something that Cole Cabana wasn't going to accept. But I mean, Cole Cabana, like, I mean, at best he was like an enhancement guy. Mm-hmm. At this point, like, the Dark Order was kind of Dark Order was mostly wrapping up. I mean, they still it's still around and they still worked, worked in the tournament. And there's some stuff that there's still some like gold they could mine there with uh, with some of the guys in the Dark Order. But I mean, it's it's kind of like winding down from what it used to be. Let's just say TK was like, no, I don't really feel like I need Colt Cabana anymore. No hard feelings. Like 
he would pay him throughout his contract. But then the Bucks step in and convince him, like, hey, you know, you want to do Ring of Honor. Colt has a history with Ring of Honor. He'd be a good hand there. And that makes sense. It could make sense because, like, Commander did have that. Uh, he could be a perfectly fine mid-card act for them uh, or even lower in the card if you just want him to put over guys. Mm-hmm. He could do commentary if you really wanted him to. He could be a trainer. He could be a, an agent behind the scenes. He could do a lot for you. So it makes sense to, to hire him to a new contract. And let's say that Punk's, like the decision to switch him over to Ring of Honor versus AEW had nothing to do with Punk, which is what Punk says. And maybe let's maybe that's true. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I necessarily well, believe him. But well, yeah. I mean, for the hypothetical, though. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that you can not. People are not inclined to give Punk the benefit of the doubt on this. Uh, and and again, I agree with what you said. It's like, well, why is that? Like, how about you look in the mirror and see why that is? Yeah. yeah. But assuming that Punk had nothing to do with it, uh, let's assume that either through leaks or just innuendo, like people making assumptions. It's believed by now, like much of the locker room, that Punk did have something to do with it, and now people are mad at Punk for that behind the scenes. Not like I want this guy fired, but kind of you know, he's not their favorite person because of this. Okay, in that scenario, Punk would, I would agree, absolutely have a reason to be pissed. I would still like, I argue. That... I'm I'm not I I I'm going with hypothetical, but I would also say that comes back to. If you were a better person, people would be more apt to not jump to that conclusion. I agree with you. If you have a a track record of not being a particularly nice or fair person, then yes, people will will probably assume the worst out of you and assume that maybe you had something to do with this kind of unfair situation, uh, if you consider it unfair. But people will think that but let's assume again that trump hunk had nothing to do so he would justifiably be upset but he handled things assuming that's true assuming all that's true he then proceeded to handle this in the absolute worst way possible i would also argue i would also argue that the bucks did him a slight solid that he's too stupid to realize because if they had just outright gotten rid of Colt, he would have taken that same heat regardless of anyone said anything because he shows up and suddenly Colt's like off TV and out of the company. Like he, he wouldn't have been able to win either way on that. So they, they actually did him a slight solid, but he couldn't keep his fucking. Here's the other thing of all of the big news sources. They all say, None of the elite ever said anything like that to us. None of them, none of the elite came to us and said, hey, you know, this is what's going down. So that is something to keep in mind because, again, people will rampantly speculate on the Internet because it's the Internet. That's what people do. Mm-hmm. But that's a fair thing. Like, well, maybe – Maybe Punk got cold fought. Maybe the, the elite is leaking bad stories about Punk. And you actually are having people like Dave Meltzer and Sean Ross Sapp and some of the other people. They're like, yeah, like wrestlers talk to us. They've been talking to us and people behind the scenes have been talking to us. And no one is saying that the elite has ever come to them and leaked Punk stories. Right. I think, and it's like, I think they're even trying to still blame the elite because I think Sapp said, well, I called the punk, I called the Bucks and asked them if this happened. And they said yes. So they're getting people are trying to say that they leaked it by confirming that yes, that did in fact happen when asked, which is not the same thing. So the rest of this scrum, because it gets 
worse, okay, is part of what he said about Hangman Page is he says, I don't want to work with these kids anymore. They don't want to listen. He also said, I'm trying to run a business here. Tony Khan tries to intervene, and, and Punk just cuts him off. Now, there are people who are making jokes about, you know, about Tony Khan or saying, why didn't he do that? Now, we got to remember, Tony Khan is not exactly renowned as a great manager of people. And to me, he looks a bit polaxed and is trying to figure out what to do while Punk basically runs roughshod. And just, I mean, some of the, you know, this completely unprofessional cussing out, accusing, you know, the EVPs couldn't run a target, that sort of stuff. <clears throat> and then here comes the real kickers. After this is all done, apparently Punk's in his locker room, and the details start getting a little fuzzy. When Omega and the Bucks go and start shout, you know, what the hell is this? From what everything I've been able to read, the reports that have been given out, yeah, and they seem pretty is, consistent now of what happened. Yes. The first thing that happens, or and the order in which these happen is kind of up in the air. So I'm going to go with the order that, at least to me, seems most likely. Omega and the Bucks go to Punk's locker room, and they say, what the hell are you doing? What's wrong? And probably more colorful than and that. It, it should which, be noted, it should be noted, too that they were probably also cheesed off that he did this because they just had to help smooth shit over like a week ago Yeah, from well, shit and, he started. Yeah. Well, we should also clarify, Punk in his statement at the Scrum was like, oh, you can, people could approach me if they don't like what I'm saying. Well, yeah. people, people did. They approached him, and they said, what the hell is this? Now, the, the most consistent narrative that has come out is Punk started throwing hands at Matt Jackson. And from inference, no one has said it outright, but the way the most detailed explanation I saw makes it sound like he probably sucker punched Matt, if I right. if I had to guess. Because he's a bitch. Yeah. So he starts throwing hands at Matt Jackson. This No one that I have, of all the reports I've read, nobody said that any the Bucks or Kenny started throwing first. What well, doesn't then, even sound like, and to go into where this leads, it doesn't even sound like Kenny was fighting when the next part right. happened. Then a a steel is there with with um, Punk in the locker room. Yeah, why does this? Throws why a does chair. This, why does this fucking loser have a job? Because he trained. He was. He's Punk's boy and trained him in that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, but he's a fucking. But, he hasn't done shit in wrestling for like twenty years. Well, well I will. Take a slight. I'll slightly correct you on that one. Apparently, he has. Like, he did actually work as like a like an agent or behind the scenes person for um for WWE. So he he actually does have some experience in that role. A little bit, but and so you know, Punk did his friend a solid and got him a job. Okay, yeah, fine. whatever. Not really worried about that. But then a steel throws a chair. Hits Nick Jackson in the eye, and the description was that Nick was rocked or knocked down by this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just threw a chair at somebody's face, and we have entered into can, battery territory. Can we, can we go? Can we go into something funny though? Is that the reports that Nick Jackson was was knocked out came out pretty, before the chair throwing came out, and people are like, "Well, something must have happened because Punk didn't knock anyone out." <laughs> I, I, I mean, I certainly said that. It's like it came out like, "Oh, Punk knocked out Nick Jackson," 
Yeah. And I was telling you guys, it's like, look, we've seen Punk fight. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't believe that at all. Even though he couldn't knock out of, a small child. There are a lot of people that say like, oh, the young bunks, like they're not really physically imposing. Whatever. It's like, okay, yeah, sure, but I still don't believe that CM Punk is like kicking anyone's ass. I've, I've also seen. Well, he, you know, he he trained MMA for two and a half. Years. There's a difference between I show up and train. Or I give you money and I come to your school and you have me do drills for two and a half. I've, I've seen him fight, and I truly believe if you give me a year of serious training, I could beat him in an MMA fight. There's – look, he – because he did train, like maybe, maybe he could actually get in a fight with like just a regular person depending upon their size and win that fist fight because he has a little bit of training versus no training. You know, he might – prevail but even someone like the Bucks, which i don't even presume that they have any sort of mma training they've been in wrestling enough times it's like i imagine you've been in there with like some actual like hardcore people before like not i mean hardcore wrestled wrestling. in japan for like years yeah i imagine you've been in there with dudes who like know how to work stiff know how to be like hard hard men like i imagine you probably picked up a thing or two that you could probably handle yourself if you <laughs> really really needed to you've learned to take a shot yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and Punk's not. I mean, Punk, Punk might have a shot if he sucker punches you, but if if he's he's not a confident fighter or ha, you know that's that's kind of what my takeaway from his MMA fighting was is like I I've seen weekend warrior like hobbyists that just do amateur that could school him. If you go back, because we we actually have an episode about that yeah, about it's like the episode MMA fight. Th- it's somewhere between episodes three and five. It's it's in there somewhere, you know. I I did a little MMA training before I got out of it because everybody that was around me was a prick and I didn't want to spend time with him. It, you know, his form was awful. His punches looked terrible. His kicks were laughable. I'm I'm not buying it. Okay, could it happen? Sure, anything could happen. But I'm not buying it until I got some proof. Maybe if you and had then, a little quarters. Here's here's the last <laughs> part of it. This is where it gets even wilder. Whereas a steel just threw the chair into Nick Jackson's face. Then apparently he grabs Kenny Omega's hair and bites him. So, well, and they, they also like made a big deal. It's like, oh, well, he was just defending his wife. His wife was in the room. The, for the, the like, fight they started. And his wife, uh, I guess, had broken. Ha, she's broken her leg or something, and she has she can't move around. Like, because once you have a, a foot in a cast, like a, that does restrict your mobility. Maybe she's on crutches, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and the, but that's that's the exact point, Brad. It's like, oh, his wife was in the room. It's like, you mean the fight that Punk started, like throwing hands? Yeah. Like Ace, throw, Ace is like throwing chairs around. It's like yeah. if you're like, oh, his wife was endangered. It's like, dude, your friend is the one who's allegedly started throwing the punches. Like even if you want to make the argument, it's like, oh, three guys showed up, we were outnumbered. It's like, yeah, kind of, I guess. But I don't presume they came in. I feel the stories that have come on most recently, which is like the Ace side of things where it's like oh basically the same like oh they kicked the door down it's like i highly doubt that happened i'm sorry uh, someone made it someone did make a funny joke on twitter they're like i just want to imagine like <laughs> the bucks did super kick party to the door yeah that'd be hilarious <laughs> yeah that's it would be funny but look this and supposedly christopher daniels and pat, pat buck were there trying to break it up okay look I'm not saying that were I in this situation, I'm not saying how I would have handled it. 
But looking at it from the Bucks and Omega's point of view, I understand. This guy has just dumped on a company you helped found. You worked, what, two and a half years before Punk ever showed up. Punk is the one saying that he built it and made it something. And he's, you know, throwing shade at you guys. And you show up and say, what the hell? And according to the consistent reports, he's the one that starts throwing first. Look, there is this... And you combine it with Punk's reputation. This stinks. Also, this smells bad on Punk's side. And it, what pisses me off about Punk is like, no, you didn't build shit, motherfucker. Like Moxley and Omega's reigns are what largely built the company before you. You came into a ready-made product and you improved mm-hmm. ratings for a time, but you were already losing your luster. And the ratings are already back down to where they were. Yeah. He lost it. He's lost his bump. And why do I? Why did I bring up the whole MJF thing return earlier? Because uh, the theory I've got is MJF comes out and does that, and everybody's cheering for him in Chicago after Punk just won the big title. He's mad because he's not. He wasn't the one getting cheered. Everyone's cheering for seeing MJF back. And so what does he do? He just, as soon as he gets a live mic in front of him, he just starts running down everybody he's got a grievance with. But see, my, my problem with that is, again, he's blaming other people for a lot of those those shots he's taken are self-inflicted wounds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think there is a lot of people that, um, I think he has a fan base and he is a star. We're not, we're not going to dispute that. We're going to get into some things about how delusional he is, but the problem is he is not – one thing One thing I have a problem with him is, is he, he has this delusion that he, he needs to be this mega face ace of a promotion. And honestly, like he's not a great baby face, and I don't understand his obsession with it when he's a far better heel. And I think a lot of us were saying, well, he's going to win the title and a heel turn kind of makes sense with the trajectory of like the stuff he's done so far. That just kind of makes yeah. sense. It kind of writes the promotion in a certain way. And like, he's, he thinks he's going to be a fucking like face. And the other thing that amuses me is he is less stable than the guy he won the title from. And this is, this is a, a true description. Not, I'm not saying it's, I'm going to say everything in it is true. I'm not necessarily going to say it's accurate, but from a guy who just went to rehab in the last year, who does death matches, who licks people's blood off of him, like, and and that's the stable one in this, right? Like, Moxley's being the stable because Moxley just he likes to wrestle, he likes to do his thing, and then he he likes to go home and be with his family. It is well, he's yeah. That's I think that's where I hate Punk is. I've never seen a guy have that. You know what he reminds me? He reminds me of Brie fucking Larson. Just someone that has a job and has like success and money. And they're just the most miserable motherfucker you've ever seen. (laughs) They want to almost like they want to invent controversies and issues. Uh, Wait, hang on. I've got to throw this real quick. Brad, is that a personal attack? Yeah. (laughs) That's right, a personal attack against both of them. Actually, okay. actually, he makes Brie Larson seem like a bubbly, like cauldron of fun. So go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. 
I was just gonna say, like, he kind of in, he seems to, like invent like controversies or issues where there are, there isn't any. Yeah. Yeah. It, we didn't have the. This is what kills me, and it. I'm Brad has said he's kind of you know soured on the whole thing. I it casts a shadow over this company that I have found that by and large I prefer and would rather watch, but the problem is. I do not want to watch anything that has punk in it now. Like, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to see him on my TV. I don't want anything to do with him. I, I don't want any involvement because I never liked him to start with. It, it's a... I, I didn't like punk from the first time that I saw him doing the, the three hour-long matches with Samoa Joe. I didn't like punk... Even if I wasn't watching much in the WWE period, I have never liked the guy. And now he's just confirming everything about why I don't. And he wants everyone to think he's the best in the world. Dude, your your work up against other people on that roster, I'll pull a name out of a hat. Brian Danielson. You're going to say you're best in the world compared to him? Dude, I, I'm not buying. And I have never bought his stuff. And I have to admit this up front because this is a bias that I, I've had for 20 years. I don't like him. I've never liked him. I've had to deal with people who are big punk fanboys and all kinds of stuff. And like, I don't like him. Well, here's you know, my problem. Oh, did you see punk do this thing? No, I didn't, li- I didn't see that. I didn't like it. Here's my problem with him. So he thinks he, of himself. And that, that shit about he's running a business here. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. You're not running shit. Um, but... He, he, he thinks of himself as this massive star. And for one thing, Chris Jericho is in the promotion and a bigger star than you. Um, Brian Danielson is a bigger star than you. And if you want to get into the weeds of it, Kenny Omega is a bigger star than you. Because Kenny Omega drew like some of the biggest wrestle kingdoms of the last decade working with Okada. And it's probably like it's one of the most well-regarded feuds and he is a big reason that New Japan got on the map in America finally. And even in America, um, if you put him on a card, it drew thousands more fans. And here's the thing with Punk. He can think of, he, of himself as a big star all he wants, but he has always had a safety net under his big runs, be it Joe in ROH or Cena in WWE. Like, he has never been the guy. Like, you can't... You can't point to any show he's ever been on and said, oh, yeah, they drew that big gate because of him. Yeah. Uh, Just in general, like, I don't – it's laughable. It's laughable that he sits there in a press conference and is shit-talking all of those guys and shit-talking Adam Page. Like, like they're green people that just literally walked into – like the wrestling business, like instead of guys who've been in the wrestling business for like a decade plus and built the company that, that actually allowed him to come back to pro wrestling. Oh, oh, you're hitting on another good one there. So apparently part of the reason that he is mad at Hangman Page is it's not even anything directly, but it's the fact that there was an interview a while back and they said, well, what have you learned from people like CM Punk or Sting? And his statement is, well, I mean, I just kind of, you know, trial and error and try stuff and see what works. And so 
that's the only thing I've been able to find to tie it together. I, I have no found no information about the fact that Hangman Page turned down CM Punk's advice or anything like that. Hangman Page, you know, CM Punk's active wrestling years is what about fifteen years? Yeah, somewhere in there. Hangman Page been active for thirteen years. Actually, the young I, I, have been. I am. Um, I I rechecked that somewhere else, and it might be fourteen years for Page. Okay, thirteen, fourteen years, maybe somewhere in between. The Bucks have been active for eighteen. Omega's been active for twenty-two. Who the hell are you talking about in your press conference, Punk? When you say I can't deal with these kids that won't listen to the veterans, who who, right? Hangman Page succeeded in a place where, you know he says they've never been been anywhere or done anything. It's like okay, New Japan. Uh, ROH was really big for a while with them. Yeah, a- AEW was big without them. Yeah. And you're going to say they haven't been, they haven't done anything of note anywhere in the company you helped, they helped found that gave you the opportunity to come in. The only thing they haven't done is go work in WWE, which you don't say even say you like. Well, he's being so, the WWE stand there because AEW is the most successful before Punk was the most successful pay-per-view wrestling company since WCW folded. Right, and. Here's the uh, here's another thing. This is I'm going to go back to my my indie days for a second. I had lots of veteran people tell me stuff. Lots of them. most of it wasn't particularly pertinent to me, or they were trying to get me to do things that I did well. We had um, JR Rock on for a couple of episodes a while back. J.R. Rock is an indie guy. He's still out there working. J.R. is one of the people who offered to do a training session with me. I went and did a session with him. He gave me good advice. And then towards the end of it, he's like, okay. what?" And I was like, here, let, let me try something. And the guy we were working with, I shot him into the ropes, and I did a, you know, it was just a spin kick. I hit with the side of the leg. It was just a spin kick, and I did that. And he looks at me and goes, that looked better than everything else we've been doing. Why are you not doing that? I said, everybody gets in my ear telling me not to do martial arts stuff. He goes, that's because they want you to look bad. They don't want you to look good. Do your stuff. The number of veterans that I had get in my ear tell me, oh, don't be doing that. Nobody likes that stuff. So, oh, you know, I've had people who cheer for me and love it before you got here, like are so insecure sabotaging what I'm trying to do. That pardon the hell out of me if I'm going to be selective about who I actually – I might listen to what you have to say to be polite, but pardon the hell out of me if I'm selective about the advice I actually take. Well, and we were talking earlier, and you said like just us fucking around and me like throwing shit at you is better – would have been better career advice than like what a lot of them gave you just from me being like, hey, you're tall. Do tall people stuff. Yeah, it, it's, it's because you looked at me and went, what would fit for you? As opposed to some lazy veteran who never got above the indie scene going, oh, man, don't do that. Just work the arm. You don't have to work much that way. It's like, yeah, people are going to come back to the show to see me grab a wrist lock. And that's all we do the whole match is work a wrist lock. Because I don't think we've Pardon talked. the hell out of me. I don't think we've talked about it on the air, but this has like been an ongoing thing for, I think, a year and a half now where 
We were talking once, I told Shad he should have done the Famouser, and this has been like a year-long thing where he bitches at me all the time that he can't believe he never thought of doing the Famouser yeah. for mm-hmm. his finisher. I think you even asked um, you even asked the one guy that was on the show. if uh, Duke. If, yeah, you asked Duke if that would have been good for you, and he was like, oh, yeah, that would have been great, and you were even more pissed off about it. Yeah, and it's it's not Duke's fault. Um it's you know because Duke was one of the Duke was one of the people that was good to me in the business. Like I have a handful of people who were always good to me in the business, and I'm always appreciative for them. But it's it's hard for me to go to someone and be like, hey, this is what I'm looking at. If you've never even watched me work, and you're going to tell me, I'll oh, take that karate belt off. Don't do that crap. Nobody wants to see it. It's like really, okay, sure. Uh, here, I'll even drop a name. Because I don't do this much, but Joey Bravo, if this ever gets back to you, you fat piece of shit, <laughs> you're the one that told me, oh, you can't even tie a belt. What are you doing karate stuff for? Why are you doing an ankle lock? You don't know what you're doing. And I'm like, hey, he's the one that said, if you throw a punch or kick in this match, I'm going to stiff you. And so me, being polite, I was like, all right, fine. And then after we got done, he goes, see, you didn't need it. I said, did you not hear the people saying, throw the kick, throw the kick? You know, like... I was being polite, and the fact that he – like, the promoter came to him and was like, I want you to put him over. He, he was supposed to put me over. He changed the finish he brought to me and then tore down – tore me down. Um, you know, that's not uncommon, and there's a reason that some guys don't trust veterans because there's a bunch of veterans – that want to be protective or they want to tear someone down and try and take their spot or protect their spot by tearing them down. So well, if Hangman Page is caught off guard by a question and says, hey, you know, have you taken advice from them? And Hangman is thinking to himself, I've been doing this for 13 years. I've kind of developed what I do. I haven't talked to them about it. And he just kind of goes, well, you know, I just sometimes I try new stuff and see if it works as a non-answer. And Punk gets pissy about that. Well, I think I think Sting is on the record as saying, "Oh yeah, like I'll give him a little advice, but my chief advice is always be your own man." Yeah, Sting doesn't want to like do your work for you, but he also doesn't want to tear. Sting doesn't have anything to worry about. Yeah, but it also should be pointed out, Punk was an asshole to like Tony Atlas, Raven, and the Undertaker. Mm Mm-hmm. For. You know, the same thing. Everyone that Punk should have listened to, I would have put Raven on that list. Go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. I I, I would argue that Sting uh, overall in the world of wrestling is a bigger star than Punk. Oh, uh, definitely. So if, if Sting, who doesn't have – by far doesn't have anything left to prove, even though you know he still goes out there and wrestles like he does at like 63 – it's like he doesn't have anything left to prove. So if he's being super chill about things where it's like, yeah, like if guys come to me for advice, I'm, I'm happy to give it. But otherwise, like they can do their own thing. And that's cool, too. It's like if he's chill about it, then why is Punk getting pissy? Unless I, it, someone has mentioned this before, but it's like I, recently in like the promos, uh, John Moxley, who now now you have to look at some of the promos that people have cut on Punk this past calendar year. And it's like really eye-opening now, but John Moxley said like, "Oh, Punk's not going to be here much longer." Like fragile body, fragile ego, and it's like that's that's a shoot, brother. Like absolutely fragile ego cannot handle even the slightest of like a uh, shade being thrown his way, even when people like don't know it's shade. 
Mm-hmm. He also said, um, you should take the time to really enjoy CM Punk while he's here because he's not going to be here much longer. Fragile mind, fragile ego, fragile body. And mm-hmm. he proved he proved the fragile body part because the rumor is he got hurt during that match and hurt himself worse being an mm-hmm. asshole. Yeah. So all also, of this comes out. I also wanted to mention things since we were talking about him. How many veterans when he was starting out told him to like rein it in you know, work the arm, like, oh, you don't need to do that high-flying stuff, and, like, why are you wearing that face paint and that neon? It looks gay. You know what I mean? Like, how mm-hmm. many, how much of that shit do you think he heard when he was coming up? I, I, I don't know. I think uh, tons. It, well, okay, here's the flip side to it. I'd be willing to bet that there, there, there was, but then Ric Flair's like, oh, I can make money working with this guy. And who who am I gonna believe, right? Yeah, and, but and also, how many guys we heard, especially the last, we'll say thirteen years. Just we'll we'll start saying from two thousand eight to today. We'll say, how many of those guys we heard saying, "Well, I tried to do everything the veterans told me to do and do it the right way, and no one gave a shit about me, so I did this, and now I'm popular." <clears throat> what about Danhausen? Or the Bucks. The Bucks say that all the time, that they tried yeah. to be a standard tag team and no one could have given a shit about them. Absolutely. I, I mean, they they kind of bucked uh, what was some of the conventional wisdom given to them, and it only made them better. And when someone's like, oh, look at the Bucks, all they do is throw super kicks. They're like, oh, you motherfuckers, you like that, huh? You, you, you want to talk about super kicks? Okay, we're going to do 50 of them in a match. Watch. Yeah. And they did, and they got super overdoing or, it. Or Grizzly Redwood, who hasn't wrestled in a long time, but he was on, I think, Colt's podcast, and he was talking about his career. And he said, like, he wrestled for years. He never got a reaction. And then he started doing the lumberjack thing. And he said the first time he did, like, the axe chop to the back of someone's knees, he got, like, a massive <clears throat> pop. Which is, that is so funny and makes so much sense. I'm I'm aggravated that I never thought of it. You, you know? Shad, you're entirely correct like a minute ago. It's like, what about Dan Housen? Dan Housen was just an indie guy until he started doing his gimmick. And now he has a lot of merch sales for AEW. He's uh, getting an action figure done. They just announced like at this fan fest over the weekend that he's – they showed prototypes of uh, an AEW figure that, that mm-hmm. they're going to put out for him in the coming months. And like uh, his – like anytime he gets like uh... – a micro brawl or anything like that, those are always like hard to get on the resale market because they're so expensive. Yeah. Yep. I I went I took this one of this past uh, week I took my daughter to um, get some stuff at Target, and I wore like if y'all have it I think I think Brad you might have it but it's the Dan Housen shirt that's made to look like the CM Punk shirt. Yeah, I'm too. I'm too. I. So I, I mentioned this earlier, but it, it, I, I lost 55 pounds and it's too big on me now. That's sad. that's uh, it's it, that's kind that's, of a good, pro- good problem great. to have. Good yeah. problem to have. <laughs> I'm I'm about able to wear my my Pac-Man Bullet Club shirt again, which I'm very excited for. Okay. That's why I changed my diet because it was trending the other way. It's like I'm a men's medium, and it's like when they sort of fit a little snug, I'm like, uh, I gotta change my diet and work out more because I I'm not rebuying clothes. I am. Um, um, I I've had to. I'm I've. I'm on my fifth set of jeans this year. Um, That's good. I could never get into mediums, though. The larges were a little too 
big on me when I was down, but like I'm a little too bulky in my shoulders and stuff to get the mediums on well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I wore that when I went to Target with my daughter the other day, just running errands, getting some stuff. And the security guy who I'm not making any sort of commentary on like the racial aspects, but the security guard, young black kid, not even like traditional, like what you think of like the stereotypical wrestling fan per se, as like, you know, a, a heavy set uh, white guy with a beard in their like 30s or 40s. It's like, no, this was a young, like African American kid. And he saw my t shirt. It's like, yeah, I love your t shirt, Danhausen. And he like, like basically he was super excited to see my shirt and i was like oh yeah like yeah and i was just like you know how someone said something to you and like your brain like it takes a te- couple seconds to realize what was said to you but then it catches up so i was like kind of thrown off that this guy just like called out my shirt but then i was like yeah. oh it, it it's like an actually like a weird way it's like a mi- minor bonding moment it's like oh yeah like you like the same thing i like it's cool and like, i just gave him like a thumbs up uh but it's like Danhausen, this kid who I wouldn't expect per se to be like this big like wrestling nerd. You yeah. never know, but you never know. And but, he knew who Danhausen was, and he was like Dan. He's a fan of Danhausen. He knew like he liked Dan. He knew enough about Danhausen to like his shtick yep. to compliment my shirt. So it's like that's someone Danhausen. Like if he was just a random wrestling dude, like you no one, no one cared about him because he's not running a gimmick. Like this kid would never been a fan of him, but now people know him. They know his yeah. name. And and the other thing with make what makes Punk look like such a dumbass is um because he wasn't in wrestling for that. But like when the Bullet Club stuff was big, which you know predates AEW for a while, and and actually kind of led to the formation of AEW. But that was the first time since like the Attitude Era that if you were wearing a wrestling shirt in public. Or you'd see other people wearing them, but that you would get comments or people would want to too sweet you. And if you went to a convention, like you were just going down the hallway, like doing it yeah. over and over and over again. I, I, I did that. Just I wouldn't even say a word. I just hold my hand out for somebody that would walk by. That was it. Yeah, I freaked my niece out at a convention because guys kept doing that. She's like, what is, like, is this some gang thing? I'm like, no, it's the Bullet Club. Like, Sure. Yeah. Gang thing. Yeah. Yep. We'll go with that. But but like he but the, again like when he's trying to say they're small time it's like dude their shit was in hot topic. Yeah. So it, it's I, I'm I am just so staggeringly frustrated by all of this, and then combine it with the fact that we are in a place where um. We could have, right now, we could have a huge, a huge boom happening. But instead, we have to have this petty, backbiting horseshit now, Shad, going on. Shad, backbiting's a little ambitious for his ability. He's more of like an ankle biter. Well, but you get what I'm saying. We yeah. have to have... All of this horseshit happening in order to, uh, I don't know, it, it because Punk decrees it must be so or something. And instead of us being able to be like, hey, let's have some good stuff and you know, let's go into the, uh, let's go into the feud with, um, you know, let's go into the feud with MJF and see what happens. For, instead, 
Punk's mad that MJF got cheered over him in his hometown. So he goes backstage and he pitches a fit and he airs all of his dirty laundry. And then he says, if you got a problem with me, come and find me. And people come and find him. And he starts throwing hands. Which he's not good at. Yeah, it's like... How... I cannot think of a reason to keep you around now. No. You are not... the Whatever money and stuff you bring in is not worth it. And it is not... Uh, none of this is... Um, none of this is worth the headache. The locker room is like drawing lines in the sand, but almost everybody is super pissed at punk about this. It, it sounds Honestly. like, it sounds like as the day is gone on that. Um, it sounds like the predominant opinion is the locker room is against him. There's, he's going to have some of his friends like FTR. Sadly, it seems to be like very pro punk, but I think the thing that people could, if, they, if people try to be neutral about all this, uh, or maybe didn't like, like kind of mildly didn't like punk. I think the fact that he keeps going into business for himself and specifically is targeting like Adam Page. Uh, I think that that has really like soured oh. people a lot, especially because I, I, what I read between the lines that Adam Page is well liked backstage and he, he has a good reputation. Uh, and let's be real, Adam Page is like, if Adam Page is retained with AEW. With you know, long-term contracts, assuming he doesn't already have one, but when that ends, if he gets another one, it's like Adam Page is 31 years old. You can get another decade out of him, like mm-hmm. easy, and he could be like the he could. This is like big talk, so I don't mean this exactly like it will sound, but he could be like your new Sting, and by that yeah. I mean like not in style, maybe not as big as Sting was for WCW back in the day, but kind of in the sense that he could be like your ace he can be like your quote-unquote franchise player so let me tell you this story real quick that apparently if i remember correctly came out of arn is arn said that um adam was working stiff and people people like god he's working stiff but they liked him so much that they didn't want to say anything because they're like but he's such a nice guy i don't want to do and so arn went to him like hey look man you're you're working stiff you may want to dial it back and apparently Paige felt bad about it and went around and apologized to people and adjusted his ring work. Like, as opposed to, I don't know, boy, you know, so Punk just being miserable and, and pissing people off all the time. It's like, I, I know exactly who I, I would look around and go, you know what? Things were fine before you got here. Things will be fine after. I'm I'm banking my money, even if it's just one of the elite. I'm putting my money on Hangman out of they this. They can at least stay healthy. And Hangman had a Hangman got over with an entire arc about having imposter syndrome, being like, "Am I really up for this?" And yet, he was over huge, and everyone was behind him. He doesn't make waves. He doesn't. He he took time off for paternity leave, and when people found out, they were like, "Oh, okay, that's cool. Well, we'll see him when he gets back." Like, compare the two. How how much of a hassle is one to the other? How much how much workplace toxicity is the money worth? And I submit nowhere near enough. 
Well, can we can we talk about? Um, I guess do we want to call it Punk's del- absolute delusions about what level he's on as a wrestler? Sure, go so, for it. So let's 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 start off by saying this. Okay, CM Punk is a star. We're not we're not debating that. That's true. We are not. Like, I think I think any company would slot him in as an ace even for a brief period of time. Sure. But the problem is is it's kind of Matt was kind of talking about this and it's come out over the years, but he sees himself on John Cena's level. And to me that is fucking just laughable. The fact that he he thinks he was slighted in WWE when it's like, "Hey, do you you realize they gave you How long was the title run he had with the world title?" Like a year and a couple of months and that's with like a couple other title runs mixed in there. Yeah, so he held that for one of the longest reigns in contemporary wrestling. He worked The Undertaker at Mania, but he didn't get the main event because he didn't want to work with people to get that. What, what is what is it that's more important? Is getting the main event more important, or no, it's because he wanted to do it his way? Uh, and I can, I, can, I can make the argument, it's like, well, he probably should have got a Mania main event. Back in the day, I could make the argument that he should have, but he didn't. And instead of being like, "Well, that sucks," like I really wish that that had happened, you know, he has kept like that's one of the many things he apparently is bitter about. Years years from now, he's bitter about that. So that's one of the things that he holds a grudge over. Oh, and that Miz did get one and he didn't. I mean, yeah, Miz got one. Mr. <laughs> T back in the day got one. I think I think the what the match he worked with Undertaker is really the only one I think he had that should have been a main event. That's like I would the argue, one year. Yeah, I would argue that I would the, the Taker one. I would say like yes. Although yeah. if they had, and again, if, in fairness to him, if they hadn't screwed up the whole Summer of Punk thing, mm-hmm. like maybe he would have. Maybe they could have kept him like on fire long enough that he could have had like this big Mania uh, match main event the following year like after that summer but yeah i think they they did botch that but i i do wonder if if they had booked that better if he wouldn't have torpedoed that somehow seeing how he's behaved and i kind of wonder if maybe um they didn't go hog in with him because you know he's such an insufferable prick Mm -hmm. i don't know but 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 my point is like so he he sees himself and i think it's kind of come out in some of this stuff he sees himself as this mega face that should be protected at all costs and barely lose and my point is that yes if i had cm punk on my roster i would be willing to make him the ace of my promotion with the caveat that it would be until i found someone better whereas mm-hmm. if i had john cena i'd be like oh i can ride with this for a long time yeah. Like that is the difference. He's kind of like a Tenzon or a Chono. And I mean, just, Cena just doesn't get hurt. And, and Cena is like a Muda or a Hashimoto. Like that is the difference in them. Mm-hmm. Like Cena is a A level star that draws stuff and CM Punk is kind of a stay the course. He won't necessarily hurt you. But he's not necessarily going to, like, draw you huge houses either unless, like, you hit on the right thing with him. I do I do agree with your sentiment, though, that he's a better heel than he has a face. 
so but then again like it, it's it's a tough environment where most of the time like the heel doesn't go over in the big matches uh that has happened in w uh we but not always like they that has largely been a promotion except for like the last couple of years when everything has been in the roman basket but like that is a promotion that largely uh rewards you cheering on the big face champion mm-hmm. and it's been that way for like 50 years like bruno and then uh bob Backlund, and then hogan and then austin rock cena it's kind of like waffled a little bit but it's that's how it is it's like he he probably would have been better as like heel uh main eventing but it that's not how that's usually worked out i mean he's been healed there but i mean if you went to big media main event like it, they're more like faces and he's not as good as a face i will say this like i don't know if you guys caught this this is i thought this is like a decide a hilarious bit of shade to me uh kevin owens who is uh obviously like very good friends with the bucks yeah uh stemming back from like years and years of their time like pwg and other places um he just yesterday or earlier today like i think it was yesterday he tweeted out a photo of him working uh, the main, the WrestleMania main event night one this year with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and you had to know the specifics. I didn't know exactly until it was pointed out, but that was like a, a really hilarious bit of shade thrown at CM Punk because allegedly yeah. CM Punk's uh, preferred, like desired main event uh, of WrestleMania was him working uh, Steve Austin, Steve Austin coming out of retirement to work CM Punk. And that didn't happen back then. That didn't happen when uh, CM Punk was there, but it happened for Kevin Owens. He'd probably think Kevin Owens was like a was like a small time job guy that's never done anything either. He probably still does. You know, because Punk only Punk only Punk only recognizes Punk's right to exist. Someone also pointed this out on on like Twitter um, that I just. I didn't watch enough of Punk back in the day before he got to WWE, uh, so I didn't really fully appreciate this. But it's like you have Punk sitting out there in this uh, press scrum, shit talking, like the Bucks and Kenny Omega, really more Kenny, more uh, like the Bucks and uh, Adam Page, acting like they've never again, they've never done anything in the wrestling business when all they've done is like the indies, not big leagues stuff like that. And it's like people pointing out like back in the day. Like there were veterans and stuff like that who, when Punk came into the WWE, were like, "Oh, look at this piece of shit, like indie fuck." Like he thinks yeah. he's so much better. Like he doesn't know jack shit. We're gonna have to teach him WWE style and everything like that. And then here he is, like years later, he's sitting there and he's he's the one trying to big league everyone because oh, I was a main event, I was a champion in WWE. It's like shut the fuck up, shut up. I also like, this, think this, this is the house that this that these guys actually built and you walked into and, and he, acting like he, you built the damn place. He hadn't yeah. been in wrestling for seven years. Like the, the wrestling world had changed drastically since the last time he was like, he, he missed the whole indie boom. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he, like he, he was there for like the very start of it, but he missed that whole indie boom and like how the wrestling world evolved for AEW to go. And so he's actually completely ignorant I think largely of how of their impact on that and how much wrestling changed around him. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. I hate him. I fucking hate I, him. I, I, have, I have never... I've, I, I've never liked him. I've never liked him, but this makes me just hate him because it's, it's like... Because he's... How old is he? He's a little older than me, I think. 43, he's, 44. Yeah. Okay, so he's 43 or 44, and it's like, dude, like, come the fuck on. I'm 41, and, like, like, why can't you – you're 43. Like, behave like a civilized human being for once in your fucking life. I have liked him before, um, but by the latter end of him uh, in WWE, like, he just became, like, grating because it – uh, it really is like he. It's eventually you. He runs out of like, shit to say, and you. He's just saying the same shit over and over again in different it's, ways. It's not even that. It's like, and maybe this is like a personal gripe with me, but it's like I eventually grow tired of the constant martyr complex. Oh, it's yeah. like, it's like, okay, you know what? It it really isn't everyone else all the time. You have to have some agency with things going on. It's like the old like expression that if you go through the day and everyone you meet is an asshole, oh, that guy's an asshole. That guy's an asshole. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe the common denominator is actually you. Maybe you're the asshole. If yeah. everyone you meet all day long is an asshole, like, uh, what's the thing that, that is in common? Oh, yeah. you. He's, um, and he's that's a, kind of how he is to me. He is the, he is a textbook, Twitter, blue checkmark, NPC, and a typical Reddit, am I the asshole subreddit user? That is that is that is an illustrative picture is what that is. Yeah, I I when he came back a year ago, I was absolutely ready to give him a second chance. And I feel like for much of his run, I kind of was there. I even may have argued on the podcast, but I certainly have argued online. It's like he's older. So he he was a star. It's like you got to pull it. You got to pull the trigger on him with as the world champ or the main event scene. Like sooner rather than later, just because like you don't know how his body's gonna hold up, and then obviously we've seen this year it seems like becoming apart a little bit, yeah. but but you gotta pull the trigger on that. So I don't think I don't regret anything. But once the turning point for me is probably like when he got so offended by Adam Cole that he's like calling him out, which is recent I know, but it's like Adam it, Page. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Adam Page. Yeah, we've made that I've, mistake. I keep making that mistake. Yeah. Uh, once once he starts calling out Adam Page for stuff and going into business for himself, it's like, you know what? The old punk is still there. Yeah. The old punk is there. And I think eventually, like, you could play... If none of this actually had come, had come to pass, uh, you had an opportunity to have him basically go out there and become a heel and kind of play into all this, and it would probably be good business for you. But in real life, he just seems to be like just a dick. And he's a mark That's... for himself. He is a mark for himself, and I guess you could argue that in the wrestling business, you kind of have to be a yeah. little bit of a mark for yourself because you you, you yeah. need to be like you need to market yourself and push yourself more than anything. And, and we've talked yeah. about that before, and it's something I argue with people online about all the time: is a top guy has to be selfish to a certain degree. Yeah. If if you're in the wrestling business, you're a mark for yourself. Yeah. You think that you're good enough to go out there and do it. And if if, they, if you want to be a top guy and draw money, you have to be a little bit selfish because you have to be to protect yourself yeah. from like bad booking. 
because or I know, people just doing stuff in the ring to make you look bad. Yeah, because I know I know people. I know people give Hogan a lot of shit, but how many times did they probably tell Hogan some dumb thing? And he's like, I'm not feeling it, brother. Yeah. That oh, yeah. That's for me, brother. That's, yeah. become, <laughs> that's become like a meme online. It's like, yeah, it's not going to work for me, brother. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but here's the thing is how much stuff that could have happened that would have been awful didn't happen because he's like, yeah, that doesn't work for me, brother. And like, yeah, okay, I could be mad about that, but got a point. You know, some of this sometimes things just ain't gonna work. Why should I just roll with it? Well, and, and he he gets a little too much heat because if you really dig into like the eighties, like Flair had his Flair had a lot of moments of selfishness, and I think a lot of them were justified. But like he did hurt business by like not putting Luger over because he was in a yeah. pissing match with Dusty. But like, but like you, you do have to protect yourself. I think the problem here, though, is, and and I agree with Matt. I think he was largely fine until the Dax Harwood match, and then I think like after that match is when like his stuff slowly started going downhill. And I feel like the Adam Page feud didn't work. And I think even Shad and I are saying at the time like, wow, this kind of sucks, and I don't think it's Page's fault. Yeah. Well, because it, it basically what it did is it just looked like that someone wasn't playing ball, and, and Paige was playing ball. Yeah. Because because remember remember it got really weird because I think Punk wouldn't wouldn't play the subtle heel, so Paige had to start doing this awkward like I'm a heel sometimes, I'm not a heel the other time because he was trying to split the difference. Yeah. When he wasn't supposed to be. There was no reason that Hangman should have been doing that in that feud. But in order to have any kind of dynamic, he had to kind of go at Punk, which had some heelish stuff to it. Yeah, because, you know, he you know, he's this inexperienced kid, according to Punk, but, you know, he was being the professional there. Yeah. Out of this whole thing, the most professional person of it seems to be Hangman Page. Yeah, because... I think I think the I think the Bucks and, pa- and Omega shouldn't have confronted him like that, but I also think that a lot of the stuff that Punk assumed happened were wrong, mm-hmm. as it's come out. And because mm-hmm. he's a he's a he is a bag of cunt, he can't. Um, it's an illustrative phrase. He didn't go. <laughs> he didn't go and talk to them like a man or an adult. And um, instead, he was a little bitch boy about it. There's a lot of passive aggressiveness. Yeah. And again, like I said earlier on the podcast, like he a lot of calling out Adam Page when he knows or should know that Adam Page isn't there, either in the yeah. build, not in the building, or completely unavailable to actually like address what he's saying. He knows that he knew it, and actually, it's done in a way. Uh-huh. I actually think that I actually think that specific thing is why the crowds ter- have turned on him, and I don't think he'll ever see that. Is because he because he pulled such a coward, such a coward pussy move. By He's calling... dealing with a crowd that knows full well, yeah. like AEW crowd is smarkier than probably your typical WWE crowd. He pulls this when everyone's like, "Hey, is 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 Paige supposed to?" And like. He didn't show up. He wasn't on anything else that night. And they're looking around like, well, then why would you do that? 
why you know it's not hard for them to put the pieces together yeah and i i think largely if he had just kept his fucking mouth shut like the crowds in chicago wouldn't have been wouldn't have been an issue they're just here's the thing about the crowds in chicago is it was a payoff for a guy being gone for three months and they popped because hey this guy that's been gone for three months is back I don't think are, are you going to be insecure about that? Why? I don't think punk. I, punk just seems to not get certain things. I don't. I don't. I, I, there's so much about the thought process that goes into this that I don't get. But yet here we are. Yeah. I to talk specifically about him calling out Paige like when the first time, not the most recent time here at the scrum, but afterwards, like I don't. I don't oftentimes watch uh, Being the Elite, uh, but it I did watch I did watch it like after that promo and everything. This is about maybe like a month or so ago. Yeah. But the Elite, meaning the Bucks and Adam Page, they actually made a joke about that. Because uh, yeah. this is right when like the Elite, uh, when Omega and the Bucks formed their trios team. And it all eventually led to, like, Paige joining with the Dark Order in the finals of the match. But before we got to that point where he, Adam Page, was just, like, gave a whole, like, speech about how, like, I got to stand with the Dark Order. Like, they've been here with for me the last year. I'm going to help them out. And they made a joke about things, which I thought was kind of self-deprecating and was clever and not, like, shit-talking punk. Although, again, he's so thin-skinned, he probably took it as such. Mm-hmm. Where it's clearly like a guy, uh, a producer or someone coming in, and he's trying to tell Adam Page in the locker room as he's like uh, giving a pep talk to the Dark Order. He's like trying to tell Adam Page, like, "Hey, like Punk's in the ring. He just called you out." And Adam Page doesn't even hear him. He doesn't listen yeah. to like the guy. The guy just like it comes in. We're tries busy, to tell him that. man. Get out yeah, of he's here. Like, he's like, "Shut the fuck up. We're talking about really important stuff here. Like, get out of here." And like that's it. And like that's yeah. it. So he. They they humorously pass it off like, you know, I'm not I don't care. Like I'm talking to the dark order or strategizing here, but they did it in a way that in worst case scenario, you can't even say it's like making fun of punk per se, because it's like he doesn't even hear what the producer is saying. Right. Like he's completely oblivious to things going on and he's just focused on storyline like what's happening with the dark order. It's like, oh, get out we're strategizing. I thought that was clever. I thought that was like a funny way to diffuse things if yeah. you want to consider it uh, punk and of course like see it but remember no, no, this he, is this no, is also yeah. the man that got pissed off about cp monk yeah which happened because he no showed them right i don't remember because they they had him show up he might have no showed them but then but it shows the difference though because they did they did a a, ter- a thing with him and then they did Colt Cabunny which Necro Butcher was C- CP Monk I think Eddie Kingston might have been Colt Cabunny I have to think that. so he was Dragon Dragon though I know that he was Dragon Dragon the huge dragon that got murdered by um, Oleg the Usurper I'm so sad about that which hilarious side story so I went to a Chikara show and I was in the front row and Oleg the Usurper did a dive on someone, and he rolled up, and he jumped on the guy next to him and screamed at his face, I got him. Yeah. 
But at that show, I also had the Thunder Frog laying on me because he got eliminated from a battle royal and he was selling, so he had his head on my leg. Gotcha. Knocked out. But um, anyway, so just to show the difference, though, so they did one with with um, him and with CP Monk and Colt Cabunny, and years later, Colt came in because, you know, he has a sense of humor and did an angle where he had to save Colt Cabunny from Archibald Peck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it just uh, shows I, it just shows like what a humorless asshole he is. Uh, it's just a dumb joke, and it's like, well, you weren't here, and we promised, but we've got CP Monk, and it's like, well, okay, that's funny, ha ha. And the, you know, you won't, you won't get mad about that. It would. Mm. I would. I would actually. I don't know. I would find it kind of flattering that they took the time to like mold a chipmunk costume right. with my pepsi tattoo right my dumb fucking <laughs> pepsi tattoo yeah uh, I, I just, just roll with it right i mean what the hell but <sighs> as he's exhausting he must be exhausting to deal with it, it sounds like it. it it sounds like it and to me it just doesn't sound like it's worth the hassle I believe someone told. I believe someone said that Vince at one point told him he was more insufferable than Shawn Michaels when Shawn Michaels was on drugs. Didn't he take that as a compliment? Yes. If I remember the story right. Yes. Uh, so I don't know about you guys, but I've been like trying to follow like what's happening because I. I've been waiting to see I, if he gets fired, but while we're on the air. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I haven't been looking, but I've kind of. There's there's a lot of talk going on. And I'm real curious about all I know is that everybody that was in the room whenever the scrap went down is not going to be there Wednesday. Well, I think um, I think Nick probably physically can't be since stupid. A steel probably concussed him. I don't know. Um, I'd be surprised if, if Ace is still there. But you kept hearing rumors like, oh, if Ace leaves, like Punk may walk because Ace is defending him. It's like someone's got to take some fall here. Yeah. Um, going into this, I thought I like five, six hours ago, I was kind of convinced that Punk was gone. Like they were going to fire him. And there, there's all sorts of rumors that like the people in Discovery are calling up Tony Khan pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he picked a bad time to pull this um, with the stuff that's been going on with Discovery. Uh, but honestly, it's like the more things have gone on this evening, the kind of reports I'm seeing, including from people who know Dave Meltzer, uh, basically it's suggested that this isn't going to end with firings. Uh, and by that, I mean, it's like, it's not going to go further. I mean, it's not going to get to that point. It sounds like what's going to probably happen is there's going to be suspensions, I don't yeah. know who all will be suspended. I don't know for how long. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, that seems completely anecdotally not based on anything, but just stuff that is, you know, rumors that are coming out is that that's where this is going. Like, it, they may be like, there may be uh, just suspensions, which in a way I can kind of understand because it's like, you can still make money off this, and if you can get these guys to actually like sit 
down and work with each other. I think like, the Bucks. Would, I think have... the Bucks would because the Bucks are professionals, but Punk's too much of a bitch to to put his like petty little. He probably would. Aside. You can't really trust him. But Tony Khan could have been like, "You were going to be fired, and I have decided not to do that." Uh, so you're on thin ice. Like you need to listen to what I have to say and go mm-hmm. forward with that. And we'll see if he he needs to be serious. Like if he's going to suspend him, like suspend him for like two three months or longer. Yeah. Suspend him for like at least two three months. Strip him of the title. Like withhold his pay if you want to. And I'd then, make a yeah. job to Adam Page, honestly. You probably <laughs> should, but I mean, you you there is some. I mean, look at the end of the day, money's green. Like people yeah. like money. You can you actually. You can probably get a lot out of Punk feuding with with Page, uh, Punk feuding with Omega, with yeah. the Bucks even. Like you can make you can make money off this. But I do agree, like Punk is kind of volatile and he can't help himself. So I don't I don't know if long term I would I'll, trust him yeah. to I I would argue himself. I would argue this is like his final notice of if this happens again, I don't care you're fired because he is he is at the point where he is actively hurting the company uh yes i agree and he he absolutely part of this should be like tony khan should be like i don't want to hear you going into business for yourself and saying stuff on on air uh backstage like scrums whatever i don't want to hear it anymore like the next i wouldn't i wouldn't put him in a live scrum ever again Probably not. I would, but just, I, would, I would just cut his mic next time. Yeah. I mean, I. but point is, like, I would not. The amount of leash that Tony Khan should give Kid Punk, it should be measured in, like, inches. Like, yeah. not. I mean, he shouldn't give him a lot. I would, I, will just say be this. Like, I would just be like, the next time you do this, you're fined $50,000. Um, and if you get in another physical fight with talent, you are gone. Yeah. I will say, I will say, I I am someone I have done in my lifetime in my career before. I I don't do it now, but I've done labor and employee relations. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hope that Tony Khan learned a lesson with this, mm-hmm. and the lesson he should take away. There's probably several, but the one he really should take away is that. And I've seen this. I've seen this in in part with managers before. If you are a manager, you cannot truly be friends. With the people that are on your employees, the people that are under you, you can't yeah, because you what, can be what friendly and considerate of them. Yes, that's different. Yeah, you. Someone uh, brought up a point to me when I made this point uh, that well, Vince was actually friends with some of the workers, but it was like only like the main event guys, like a small group of people, and it's like well, even then, I don't, I don't know if that's like a good idea for him to be friends with some of the, the workers, but I guess you could make the arguments like, well, Vince is friends with people, only like a small group of people. And like Vince is a special unique personality that it's like, Vince isn't going to budge per se. Even then when you think like Vince, is, Vince may tell you to your face, like, Oh yeah, sure. Like let's, let's do what you want. Like he'll turn around and knife you in the back because yeah. he, his yeah. way he says it all. But just in general, it's like, you can't be, you cannot be friends with people then still manage them because eventually Someone is going to try to take advantage of that situation, and I think that's what's at play here. Punk and maybe others. I look. I'm a fan, more fan of the, the elite, but they may have exploited, try to exploit things too. And it's like you have to put the hammer down. Tony, I think, has been last three, four years has been like, I want to be the fun boss that that you know the workers text and 
everything's uh, that people were laughing. It's like it's it had been called like all friends wrestling. What was wrong people, with that? People have a cordial relationship, and that's that's fine. But if you get to a point where it's like the people that the workers that the employees are th- start thinking like, oh, I can get one over on you. What do you know? Like I'm gonna take advantage of this. That's when you need to bring the hammer down. Yeah, you gotta and break be, it. You need to bring the hammer down, and sometimes you like you have to you have to take advantage. You have to basically accept that you're gonna have to. You're the boss. If you're the boss, like you have to take moves that you may not like. It may pain you to do it, but you have to do it because you, people need to respect you and listen to you. And if they're not gonna do that, then you need to take measures to make them do that. That's, and sometimes yeah. that can mean really bad things like suspensions, firings, stuff like that. That's what that's what my point would be if I was Tony Khan and making him job to Adam Page is like, I don't care if you quit. Like this is what you're doing. Yeah, because, yeah. Well, supposedly because I can make you do it. Like supposedly for, he was going to walk if they fired a steel. So it's like, hey, let's just go ahead and have you solve our problem for us. Thanks. Yeah. Don't let I, the door. I think though. I think the I think the Bucks and Omega shouldn't have done that, and they handled it poorly. But I also think that they were frustrated that they have probably spent the last month of their life cleaning up his shit yeah. backstage. Uh, I think someone I, – I saw someone on Twitter make this remark, and I'm like, you know what? That's not a bad idea. Like uh, Tony Khan needs to recruit like Samoa Joe <laughs> and maybe someone else to be like – his locker room leaders, and by that I mean like the, you need people to be like the old Undertaker role that happened yeah. in the WWE, where someone starts acting up, like Shawn Michaels or something like that. Undertaker would go like, "Yeah, I'm gonna need you to stop that. We're gonna do this the hard way or not." And yeah. you know what happened at WrestleMania 14, right? Oh, Taker sitting there taping his hands up at, at Gorilla. Well, I think he pretty much. So Shawn was saying he didn't want a job to Austin. I believe Taker told him. He was either going to job in the ring or he was going to job when he came back stage. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That is God. Oh, did you guys watch the Masada, Paul London, Rene Dupree thing about him that I sent you? I didn't have a chance to. So Masada, Masada and Paul London don't like him um, and think he's a joke. But I guess when he went to zero one, he didn't even last a whole tour because he was such an issue. Is according to Masada, huh. but well, he's not well liked, from what I can tell. Well, that I I know we're trying to wrap up, Chad. That's I will say this: like even if it's he's suspended, he's brought back, and he continues with the company. Like I think this is it, this has basically poisoned the locker room against him. Yeah. Like it, like I would almost say irredeemably. I don't see how people trust him again. Like he can say like, oh no, I've changed, but it's like I. You, you only have so many times that people believe I, you for things like that, and I think he's squandered it. I think I think the problem he's going to have, too, is if he thinks he's going to be a face after this, I think he's going to start getting booed a lot by crowds. I think he'll get booed the next time he shows up. Yeah, because especially, like, especially, because pick, he picked the wrong targets, and some of that shit he said is just really fucking gross. Yeah. Like, yeah. honestly. All right, that is a lot for us to go through, and we didn't get hit by the curse. We were able to get in front of this one a little bit. Except he'll get, so, he'll get fired, like, yeah. in an hour. Here in <laughs> ten minutes after we wrap. So, yeah. anyway, um, we're going to try and do Kingdom Come again. We're going to try and do it next week, depending. I, but um, I, I, 
I I was gonna finish reading it tonight, and then all the punk stuff started happening. I'm like, well, I guess I can just wait on this for. Yeah, we kind of had to. We couldn't let this pitch go by, so. No, and we we passed on it once because, like I said, we kind of were like, well, like it's a very he said she said, and we're too biased against punk. We'll let it go, and then punk. Yeah. So. Proved us right. So, um, we'll keep an ear to the ground and see what happens, but. With all of that being said, we would love to hear from you on social media. I know that we've probably upset one or two friends of the show while we're at it, but we want to say thank you, everybody, for listening with us for this episode. And so uh, this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth, and I'll see. we'll see you next time.